In our gospel today, Jesus, he holds his disciples in his heart, his twelve apostles. He holds them in his heart and he contemplates them. He contemplates them. It's very remarkable. He goes up to this mountain and he prays and it says he prays all night long. So if you think he didn't sleep at all, okay, so he, he prayed for eight hours or ten hours or more or whatever it was. And the, the, his topic of his consideration was his apostles. That's what he was praying about, and that's for whom he was praying. And so, if there was 12 apostles, think about how much time he spent thinking about each one of them. Okay? And uh, that's, that's, you know, par for the course with our Lord. He gives all of us, each one of us, such individual, personal attention. And he does that with his, and we see that with his apostles, so also for, for all of his disciples throughout all ages. He gives us personal, individual consideration and, and attention. And he sees each one of us. I can just imagine the Lord praying throughout the night, and he's, he knows all the things that are, going to be, that are going to happen to the apostles. He knows their trials. He knows their successes, their failures. He knows Judas is going to betray him. Okay, He knows Peter's going to deny him so forth and so on, and uh, he prays for them, and he prays that they would uh, become who they're meant to be in God. And so we see in the heart of Christ each of these individual apostles, and we see them in, as their true selves, as their true selves. God knows us as, our, as who we are in truth. And we sort of, we have a false self and we have a true self. The true self is the self that's been loved by God from all eternity, made in his image, full of his grace, shining forth with his virtues. The false self is the self that has departed from that original intention of God. The self that's indulged in various passions and sins and so forth and so on and has deformed that image of God and has gotten away from that original calling and that original image that God has in his mind. But Jesus, he sees, he sees them as they are, though, in that true self, that original self that God wants them to be. And it's in their true selves that they have communion with each other. If you notice something, some interesting things about this list of the twelve apostles, uh, one thing we can see is that they weren't, they weren't all the same. They came from different backgrounds. They weren't all completely the same, although most of them probably were Galileans. All right? they, they still had different backgrounds. Probably the most diverse backgrounds would have been between Matthew and then another apostle by the name of uh, Simon, who was called a zealot. So if you understand what both of these mean, it's very interesting because it means that they were very, very different from each other. Matthew, on the one hand, being a tax collector, was a guy who had uh, some kind of an education. He was someone who had a relationship with the Roman government and he collected taxes on behalf of the Romans in relation to his own Jewish people. And because of that status, that sort of go-between status, tax collectors were considered traitors all right, by the rest of the Jews. And oftentimes they were kind of bad. They would like they would say, okay, these are the taxes, and they were really less than that, and they would take a little bit off the top, all of that kind of stuff. So tax collectors were not appreciated by the 
majority of the Jewish people in that time. And then we have Simon, who's called a zealot. Now, the zealots at that time were part of like the Jewish, uh, you know, integralists or conservatives, and they absolutely hated the Roman rule. Okay, <laughs> so if you think about that, it's pretty remarkable that you got this guy Simon and you got Matthew, and Jesus calls them both to be together. That's because those different uh, identities that they had at that that were true at that political level were not part of their that the deep self, the true self that God wanted them to be, and how He saw them. Okay, so. Matthew and Simon were in communion in the heart of Christ in terms of their true self. Okay? Those political sort of affiliations and inclinations and preferences and whatnot were, were not integral to who they were in God's eyes. They were superficial. And uh, as Jesus called them, and as they went through a process of repentance, and as they left that old self behind and got closer to that true self, they became closer to one another and they found their communion in that. And so all of this really is, is applicable to us, my brothers and sisters. The one holy Catholic Church of Jesus Christ has been established on the world to be a sign and a sacrament of unity of the human race. Because human beings don't get, a, get along with each other very easily because of sin. Because we all choose to go astray from our true selves and therefore we become at odds with each other. But God established the church in Christ to fulfill his desire that human beings would be unified. Okay, And so here we are, all from different walks of life and different opinions and different experiences and whatnot. And nonetheless, as we go through a process of conversion, we find ourselves converging closer and closer to one another. The closer we get to Jesus the closer we get to our true selves and the closer we get to one another. So this is what communion really means. And this is what Jesus prayed for that night when he called, when he had the twelve apostles who were the seed of the entire church for the whole world. That's what he had in his mind and his heart. And so our prayer today is that Jesus' prayer on that mountain for the unity, for conversion, for for us growing in our true selves would be would be fulfilled, would be answered.